What's up everybody, it's Jeffrey Lyles, welcoming you to another installment of Lyles Movie Files. Joining me as always, it's the little brother Jace. Bro Shot, what's up with you today? Doing good, and I'm. And the reason is basically what we're going to be talking about all on the all show. Well, you're perfectly themed up. We're going to talk about Superman! Oh. They didn't have those shirts. They didn't, they didn't have the right shirt, sorry. Gotcha. Let's talk about, uh, as one man so eloquently said over the weekend, Kenobi! Obi-Wan Kenobi. I feel like we were hyped up about this show from the trailer. From from the announcement. We were like, oh, really? Were you and McGregor? Yes, please and thank you. And, and we saw the trailer. Oh, yeah. And Star Wars Celebration was this past weekend. And they had Thursday like a preview night and then Friday was BAM Obi-Wan Kenobi so everybody can check it out and before we get into Obi-Wan Kenobi I thought it was so cool watching Star Wars Celebration thank you for killing so much of my productive time during the weekend watching YouTube over four days and just geeking out at people and Listen to all these uh, different panels and discussions of all things Star Wars. Very cool. One of my favorites was Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor on the stage getting the adulation and love that they did not get in 2002 and 2005 when Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith came out. It was this, it's not my Star Wars. But now it seems like people have come around they appreciate these films you and i are going to do a deep dive breakdown very soon on attack of the clones just to keep it going here with all that love and all that good stuff i thought it was funny they were like congratulations hayden and ewan on the 20th anniversary of your clash on attack of the clones it's like that's not true anyway but it was so cool because they actually were so excited and hyped up to be there and then the this is where the fun begins line drop. I was like, yes, do it for the memes, right? It was. Oh, I, I think one of the things I have always you can go back to probably the first podcast. I've always wrapped like if you didn't like those movies, I don't know what you like about Star Wars. It's like it's exactly the same with better. You know, it just has you know a, a new medium for CGI that everybody now uses. It's just like. George Lucas is like, I'm not going to wait 40 years to make this movie. I can make it now, and we can jazz it up with some special some special uh, director's edition <laughs> later on. But this is what I want to make this movie. And all, I mean, it's just like listening to all the panels when you're like, oh, yeah, we were talking about this when they're doing the Attack of the Clone uh, panel. It's like, hey, what was the first time you met uh, Ewan McGregor? Uh, uh, it's... Uh, Young Boba Fett. Daniel Logan. Like, I knew that's who you were going to talk Logan. about. Yes. Daniel Logan. He, he was like, man, I'm excited. Like, y'all didn't do this. Like, I mean, like. Yeah, he was so much fun, was, too. Oh, he was, he was like, I am loving this. This yeah. is awesome. And then when you just did the, like you said, the hit Hayden and uh, Chris and uh, Ewan panel. It, that was that was like one of those, like, yeah, y'all got kind of lucky to be hanging out in Anaheim on that one. Because that would have been the one I would have gone to. That would have definitely been the one I would have gone to. Because it was very much it's like, Hayden is playing it very cool. But you can tell it's like, he's like, thank y'all. Like, I was getting dogged for 20 damn years. 
And y'all said I sucked. If I listened to, if I just looked at the comments online, I was the worst human being ever. Never should have been touching a microphone or putting on Jedi robes. But coming here, it's like, oh, I mean, like again, everybody's excited to see me back as Darth Vader. Oh, okay, this is really cool. This is now y'all have kind of figured out what we made these movies for, and they, and it's it was really it really appreciate. You could tell he was like almost constrained. He's like, I really appreciate the love y'all are showing me. Because I did not get this 10 years ago. And I'm, I'm just like, he was like, thank y'all. Like, I am well, I am welcome, willing to come back because y'all really are happy to see me back. But, yeah. I thought it was funny during every panel I would get distracted from people in the background. I, would, I wasn't sure if they were doing this on purpose or if they're just playing around, but they kept clashing their lightsabers. Like, that's, that's funny. I wonder if I was there, if I would just randomly start with, with people with their lightsabers in there. I feel like the answer would be yeah. I was gonna say I'm gonna say the brand's answer is 100% yes. Because even <laughs> those the force effects lightsabers we have, you couldn't mess with those. But I think the ones at Galaxy Edge, those look a little more sturdy. And I'm like, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like how much y'all selling them boys for? <laughs> Dark City, she said. I'm gonna go with not enough. <laughs> it's not <laughs> going to deter me from actually having one. Yeah, like, well, it is what it is on that case. So, yeah, really cool seeing the panels. Got to see some, got to see the Andor trailer. I like that. I just like the tone of it because it's this festering resentment toward the Empire, which is building to where things are when we get to Rogue One, where the rebellion is really taking form and taking shape. And Andor. I, like, I, I, I liked it because uh, another reason is because it's like that Andor trailer very much plays into Clone War, I mean, uh, Star Wars Rebels. And it really kind of is like, we're in the same boat. It's like, we're, we're the guys ready to, all it's going to take is these guys doing one more thing and the, the rebellion's going to go in full force. Y'all it's got not, one more, it's a good time. Yeah, and, it's, and it looked like, I don't know if it was um, Cassian when he was a kid, like when they were kind of like, this one ship crashes into their planet and just Starts the empire from just oh we got another world to take over right it's like oh you're 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 helping a Jedi oh we're gonna take this whole thing and starts the resentment of it's like yeah this that's this this is setting up a really it looks like it's setting up I mean a really cool storyline I like another fun thing is uh, Mon Mothma who was literally cut out of Revenge of the Sith but has played her and this is gonna be her third series play I mean time playing um, uh, my Mothman. I'm just like, wow, that was on a deleted scene, but it still carries over. Like, And everybody's like, so yeah, you're really good. It was Rogue One. What was the other one? Revenge of the Sith. Like, the same actress. Oh, okay. That's played, what you were saying. Is the yeah. third time. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, but everyone's like, hey, that yeah, was a really good scene. It should have been in. It's like, I don't think anybody who likes Revenge of the Sith, if you put all the deleted scenes in there, and you put in season seven of Clone Wars, I want to put that like a six hour long cut. I don't think anyone's going to be complaining about that. As long as you include the animated cartoon version of Clone Wars as well. So you have that to start where Grievous is attacking Coruscant and then leading to the movie Revenge of the Sith. And then we start cutting it. But you know what I mean? I I want that super cut. 
the one that Lucasfilm and Disney will not authorize. <laughs> the one that <laughs> is definitely going to have to be a fan cut version of it. Hey, I, honestly, I, as many videos as I've watched of YouTube, just like, hey, I'll be happy to have this. I'm like, and you do. And I press play. There will be a million strikes on on, on everybody who puts that, that up. <laughs> he won't be Sorry. able to stay long. That's one you have to go to the conventions. Ooh, special edition cut? Yes. So, how, mu- how much y'all charging for that? 70? Yeah, that, that's a fair price. Yeah, yeah I think that's reasonable. Perfectly reasonable. I will make it legal. <laughs> but let's talk about maybe the big reveal. And I say big with super big quotes air quotes because there's so much but that Ahsoka trailer let me say this much I remain grateful to you and Dwayne our occasional guest on the show our cousin for going hey after the first season of Mandalorian stop what the heck you're doing we're in a pandemic don't worry about anything else just watch Clone Wars and then after that, watch Rebels. And I'm going to pat myself on the back for actually listening to you. Because. <laughs> but. <laughs> it w- it just opened up so much in terms of like, oh, wow, this these animated shows are great. And not just, eh, okay, yeah, if I care about it, whatever. But they're so essential to the story. And now, seeing that Ahsoka trailer and seeing Hera there. It's seeing the news that Chopper is going to be on the show. I was like, oh man, we got Sabine. She was there at Celebration too, And we see a very small glimpse of her. And we see that mural at the end of Rebels. And it's like, oh my gosh. Y'all are going to go hard and go there. That's the next part of her story. I mean, that truly is the next part of Ahsoka's story. It's like... And... I'm going to say we, me and Dwayne are going to take credit for that because it was like, you're in a pandemic, man. You don't, you got plenty of time. These are essential shows to watch. And I think anyone who, like, if you can, you like it's um, Revenge of the Sith, it's like you owe, owe it to yourself to watch those shows. And so I know you put up an essential uh, Clone Wars shows to watch on WowsMovieFile.com. But it's it is like you have to get to those, and then you go to Rebels, and you're like, oh, I love Snips is not the annoying Sky guy from that animated movie, which they were quick to say, that's not the way to go. Three episodes in, we're cutting that mess. That's not the way. And and they did it. They 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 course corrected perfectly. And she's now one of the most beloved characters in Star Wars. Absolutely. Um, and it it's just like you getting you get. Rex, you get the 501st, you get, uh, what is it, not Ghost Squad, but you get all, I mean, Phoenix. You get all those, huh? Phoenix Squad. Yeah, well, Phoenix, yeah, yeah, Phoenix, you get a whole lot. And, I mean, the funny thing is, like, now you're going to get the quest, uh, the search for Ezra, but you probably know Thrawn's in there, too, because they both went out at the same time. And that's why, like, when you get Mandalorian, you'd be like, where's Grand Admiral Thrawn? You'd be like, what? Who's yeah. this guy? But if you watch Rebels, you're like, I know he's gone, but is he? Wait a minute, is he actually running the show somewhere? Wait, that means Ezra's somewhere. Like, we're getting, instead of the search for Spock, we're getting the search for Ezra. And I think that's going to be cool for a Star Wars fan, so I'm 
100% looking forward to that. I'm like, when's that? I'm not trying to... The fun thing is, I'm enjoying Kenobi, and I don't need to rush. I will enjoy this week by week. And I'm, I had to stop myself a little bit from pressing play after this last episode ended, not to just watch it again. That took a little bit of self-constraint. That's fair. I, I applaud myself. I may have done that if I didn't start watching it at 4 or 5 this morning. And I think that is also a commendable thing to go, okay, just stop. Let's, let's just go upstairs. <laughs> let's, let's write the reviews since you're too hyped up and then just call it a day. But, yeah. So we can't talk about other people we would like to see on Ahsoka due to spoilers. But I still recommend, even though some things may be changed with Disney continuity, checking out Heir to the Empire. Because Grand Admiral Thrawn is such a great character in that. And it's a truly great Star Wars story that with the advent of the CGI technology they're doing, I kind of would be on board with watching an entire movie with D.H. Han, Luke, and Leia. And watching that in full-length feature form. It's so great. Yeah, I wonder- if you want to do a deep fake on that, I'm I 100% sign off on it. I'm ready to be but, faked deep. It's like, I'll, hey, you guys can put me in as a producer. I'll, I'll I'll find that money. Don't worry. All right, so now we we set the stage. Obi Wan Kenobi. And I don't know. I don't want to speak for you on this, but for me, I really loved Ewan McGregor's Obi Wan. I thought he was so perfect. Maybe one of the best castings of a character after someone else played an iconic role I can think about Robert De Niro doing Don Corleone I'm blanking on other ones I'm sure there are but those are the ones that kind of stand out to me and I just felt that Ewan McGregor did such a perfect job channeling what Alec Guinness did and making the character his own making him fun so as we see this continued evolution of the character from Phantom Menace through Revenge of the Sith to now his own series. It's like, wow, there's still so much of Obi-Wan Kenobi we don't know about. And this 20-year gap between Sith and A New Hope Star Wars is... <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just... It's, it's a grand in as well. Yeah, but it's just so cool seeing this and that Yoan's doing it and it's like, this is this is working. Now, what's your quick overall thought on him coming back and doing the role all over again? If uh, I'm glad they're 100 percent, they made the right call reaching out to him and not trying to get a another actor to try and like, oh, well, we need to age him up, look like we're aging him up a little more to get more towards that Alex Guinness. But y'all must say, like, you know, if you're in a sun planet, most of your, you know, that's gonna age you up. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna age a little bit more than anybody else. I think they, they made like I said, they, they made the right call getting him back, and they, I mean, the casting was spot on. And if, and by George Lucas when he actually said, "Hey, yeah, you're the one who should do this, and you can do it justice." And Ewan being a great actor. So are you saying actually, that Ewan was the chosen one? Sorry, sorry. Is it because of Kenobi? I don't know. I don't know. But he definitely, he, it was like, you can bring him. It's 
Nat, obviously, like Natalie Portman was great casting. Um, is you know, is Leia's mom? Like, you definitely could see how that was going to be that. Like, yeah, yeah. I could, I, even though he's, you know, she's not going to be part of her life, you still get that kind of. Oh yeah, there's some heredity, and that. But Ewan was like, hey, I got to be here for. I could possibly be here for the next twenty years, so at least I'm going to be in all three of these movies. And I think George made a great call. I mean. But to, and now we're we're worse. We are spoiled that he actually was like, because if I know like before celebration, it was you, you could definitely say it was excited. But you also heard like in all the other interviews, you could tell he was actually kind of emotional because he was not. He was letting the salt come out. He's like, I thought I really liked those movies, <laughs> and I was mad at people. We were getting so much hate from it, and I was almost not about. I was about to just say peace out. But he's like. I decided to come back when they approached me, you know, as much as we all give Kathleen Kennedy flat, you know, for the the fan fiction movies, she's the one who reached out like, hey, can you, we really like you to do these. So you got to kind of, does that outweigh this fan fiction? Yeah. I mean, I, I, that that's that's even, you know, even on the positive side. Listen, I, I'll, I'll, I'll the give them the sequel trilogy all they want. Mine stops wherever those movies start. But, everything before then is fair game and it's been so great i won't even hate on it so i'm just like hey man i don't care i don't, I don't even mind omega in bad bash I'm like whatever she's not for me but man obi-wan kenobi's so like this is the star wars that i've wanted since the original trilogy since the prequel trilogy the ewan mcgregor i didn't know i needed his obi-wan kenobi filling in those gaps and it's like oh wow this is i'm watching maybe like 10 minutes in and it's just like this is so cool we get to see obi-wan kenobi before luke does before you know that hermit coming with the big pointed robe coming through kind of stumbling through looking old or whatever now we get to see him just slightly out of his prime and he's not a jedi and We'll talk about this now because I guess it's the time to, to break it in. He is so traumatized from everything that happened from Revenge of the Sith. And I love that because I felt when you watch Revenge of the Sith, and if you kind of watch them in chronological order, which I don't recommend. I recommend watching Sith and then going straight to Return of the Jedi because it makes it seem not as terrible. But... We have to we have to revisit that because there's so much stuff in between now that it's just kind of hard anyway. And you should watch Rebels, but I like the fact that he's not like the show is filling in gaps to explain why he's sending Anakin's son to kill him and hiding truths from him and being very deceptive. The show is like, oh, we're gonna explain why he's, but you're my brother, Anakin. I love you too. Yeah, 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 go take care of that dude. He's terrible. You killed your father. Go get him. From a certain point of view. Yeah, you know. But I, <laughs> but it was... So we start with him, and he's just totally broken. And he's just sitting on Tatooine, chopping meat, chopping that meat, as Javon would say, and not really doing much of anything. He's hanging out over ridges with the long-range binoculars, making sure Luke's okay. But he is living his worst life. What did you think about where we start off with Obi-Wan in this show? I 
you know, I've I've heard like some folks like complaining, oh, you know, he's you know he's a coward, you know. It's like they lost. I mean, it's it's not even like this isn't like any war that actually exists in humanity. This is, I mean, like it's literally like you got conquered. There's like five or ten of your your kind left, and you don't even know where they are. You just said it's scatter time. Go to ground. We may never come back. Yeah, they don't have a text thread to go. We're going to meet up at Coruscant in five years. Get ready. Yeah, there's no Eternals like, hey, we'll we'll, we'll catch you in another 3,000 years and see what happens. Like, this is literally like, we have lost. And we not not only lost, we lost to evil. And we thought we were the good guys. And we are now vilified. My my brother, who I thought was just going to be the hope and just, you know, help us get to a new era of peace he's literally i had to kill him as far as i know i had to kill my brother and i still and we still lost right. like yoda yoda didn't beat the emperor the empire is arriving taking over new systems i got and i i had to watch my brother not only did i kill him, i had to watch him burn that's it's like as that, he screamed oh, i hate you <laughs> Yeah, it's like, man, I'm just like, it's like, I say I'm, I'm his brother, but I'm sure he also was like, I know I was dang, I was also dang near Anakin's father. So it's like, this is real. Like, I had to do all this. And at the end of the day, my reward is cut that beat. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I mean, his, I mean, it was very much showing that PTSD. It's like, yeah, I, I have to relive this. Like, as much as Anakin said he had nightmares, now I understood what he meant. When he had to deal with his, you know, because of your mother. Oh, I get it now. I'm I'm not going out trying to take on the whole empire. Like Han Solo said, you're going to take over the whole empire by yourself? Like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm, I got to try and survive. Yeah, and I love when Nar, I think it was his name, Nar, came through. Obi-Wan, what's up, dude? Let's do the thing. He's like, kid, if you don't beat it, we're both going to get killed. He's like, nah, man, we can do the thing. And then he sees him strung up dead. And it's like, yep, you dumb kid, you. I tried to tell you, but that's the system we're living in right now. Like, that was that was harsh. A real stark glimpse of what the life is like for a Jedi. You either stay in hiding or you're dead. You, got, you have literally the whole galaxy looking for you. <laughs> it's like, and it's like, even like when they had the Inquisitor... Uh, fight with uh, Reva and him he saves the guy from getting back she's like you don't understand this is not that kind of air anymore it's not save the weak and show your power it's wow that, that sucks there's a time and place and it's not heroics when yeah. there's three or four wielding uh, inquisitors in the background and they have stormtroopers also with them you know and they were pretty effective after order 66 you know getting rid of y'all so yeah not to die. So very, very interesting stuff there. So Vader sent out the Inquisitors to track down any remaining Jedi. And the Grand Inquisitor is the head honcho of this crew. And they're just running around looking for any Jedi to track. And Obi-Wan is like, yep, I'm number one on the hit list. I'm staying in deep seclusion so no one finds me. And... He's like, yeah, I, I can't be bothered with anything. I have to, I have a job to do. If I don't, if I don't do anything else, I have to make sure that this kid is training the ways of the force. 
So maybe he can overthrow Vader and the Empire and the Emperor. And it's such a long-term game plan. It's not quick. It's not rewarding. There's nothing satisfying about this. He can't even leave a toy plane outside of Luke's spot before Uncle Owen comes through. Yo, stop coming around these parts. We don't want you no more. Oh, did you did you actually uh, peep that? Oh, that absolutely. Toy? Yeah. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> so cool. It's like, that was like, I mean, like, I, I was like, I know that toy. And that's like, you're like, go back to uh, New Hope. That's literally the toy Luke is playing with. That 19 year old you know, Luke is still playing around with. Yeah, it's like, that was cool. But it, it may, I mean, for everybody, it's like, if, like, let's go with like our midichlorian. It's like, there's only one person probably, I mean, there's only probably two people who are strong enough in the force naturally to even halfway take on a Vader and the Emperor. It's like, if we can keep both of them healthy, I mean, you know, we can't train them in the ways of the force because if they do, the Emperor's going to sense them and kind of kill them. So we got to play a long enough game so they can get naturally strong. And then it's like, okay, it's time to break out, get trained, and go. Because we aren't going to have three or four attempts at the Emperor. We yeah. got one shot at <laughs> You only get one shot, like like the great Eminem once said. So here's something interesting as you were talking that I was thinking. We know the Jedi aren't sexist. They have women on the Jedi Council. They had Jedi Masters who were women. But their first thought was not, hey, let's train Leia as well. Like, she is totally not on that plane. I'm thinking now... Yoda and Obi-Wan were, okay, we can't, we need to attack the Emperor on two different fronts. One with a Jedi. And that'll just be Luke because he didn't have anything to lose. But if we have Bail Organa raise Leia as a senator, she can hit from one side because this is the blind side that the Jedi never really saw coming from the Senate. And because they could fight a war, they could, you know, be toe to toe on a war level. But it was really the Senate and the Emperor manipulating them that really cost them the war and turned the whole galaxy against them. So they have Leia working on this side to turn the tide of the Emperor, the Emperor of the Empire, and Luke fighting Vader and the Emperor on the other. The two come together, and then bam, we start a brand new Jedi Order. As opposed to let's just throw more Jedi, let's throw two Jedi against it, which that definitely won't work. I I I because I, 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 I still said like that the Jedi were I don't think now I'm hoping they come up like the, your story sounds good but I don't think they were thinking that smart I mean I, I think they got blindsided and didn't understand what happened and they weren't playing that part of the long I don't think I think maybe like as the story progresses maybe Bale and Obi Wan is like hey I need you maybe they'll come up with that storyline. It's just like, because your, your theory is like, hey, we can have this great warrior hero that they can look, the Emperor can look at and Vader, like, they'll be look, focused on them and they won't be focused on Leia, who's also using the Force and very much like Palpatine, but for the light side. It's like, and maybe he doesn't peep that, wait, that's Force-sensitive Leia over there. Because, I mean, as we know, like, Vader's in front of her all the time and he doesn't figure out anything because he's just... Uh, I, I, he's his mind, and, and it, it's like basically, it's like it's Kenobi. Don't pay attention to anything else. I'm still Kenobi over here alive, but you don't sense that great threat that's right in your face. 
I think in a lot of ways, Vader is just turned off at the notion that anyone he's around could be his kids. So he's not thinking anything. And since Leia probably hadn't used the force at any one point in time, she's not channeling it much like Hermit Obi-Wan who struggled so much just to keep a character in the air. I guess if you're not using it, your your force starts to lose its impact. It's, you know, it's the muscle, you know? Yeah, the muscle memory, right. And I, yeah, but I, I think it very much is like, they're like, oh, okay, this is not something. But I, I'm not so much talking about him knowing it's not his kid, but it's not, he's not thinking there's anyone who truly can challenge. Vader's thinking there's no one in the galaxy strong enough to challenge him and the Emperor. Right. Yeah, so... So eventually, we see our other co-star of this show, Princess Leia. And I talk so often about so many shows. Hey, who cares about the adults? Let's focus on the cute kids or the cute teenagers. And I push back on that so hard. Almost every time. Because I'm not here for the kids. I want to see the title character. Like with Flash, I don't want to see his adult daughter. Could care less. Superman and Lois. Don't want to see the teens. Not here for the teenage boy drama. So good. And that's just how it is. Walking Dead was a little bit different because they didn't make Carl any different. Like he wasn't acting like a goofball teen. He was just like a younger kid trying to survive. But this droid, I was actually into the little kids. Hey, there's loot. And he's like piloting. That's so cute. But we really don't spend that much time on him. We focus more on Princess Leia and how she was always this... I don't need to stay here at the Senate. I don't care about all these meetings. I care about the people. Like She cared about the droids. Why does your droid not talk? Why didn't she say thank you to the droid? I thought that was cool. Because it just shows you who she is as a person. And kind of the Padme influence. Who had droids with her. Basically at all times. And you know. She was tight with them. And then. She has this adventuring spirit. Just like Padme. Who's like yeah. You can stay here if you want. But I'm going to go find Obi-Wan. So I really, really like that. Because, you know, from all the, all the, from most of the other stuff, we saw her as very prim and proper, like a, you know, government official. And this time we're getting a little bit of the curtain pulled down to show how Leia's shooting a stun blaster at, or killing stormtroopers and then running off and doing all this wild stuff. It's not, that wasn't her first time picking up a blaster and doing stuff. She was... Very comfortable on the run doing her thing. And the girl no. that they have playing Princess Leia, oh my gosh. It's like little frozen mini Carrie Fisher there. It's great. Yeah, I, I think a lot of times we do hate hate on the kid actors just because it's like, oh gosh, you're just obnoxious. But very much how they wrote young Leia, it was like, that is the kind of sass I would expect from a 10-year-old Leia. Right. Because she says exactly what she's thinking, but doesn't know how to moderate it at all. Right. And it's like, I can read the hell out of you to shut you up. Just like a senator should be able to kind of play people like, I know how to shut you up. And go over there so I can go talk to the, the moth I need to. And very, and she did that very well. Like even talking to her cousin, she's like, yeah, I'm going to read you right quick. You're going to go over there. I'm, I'm, but I'm also going to peace out and you know go on my adventurous run, but I'm going to tell you about yourself. <laughs> and it was very cool. It was like that was like 
that would be what I would expect a young lady to do. And it's like the di- I mean, just how she was saying stuff. It's like, yeah, good job, kid. Right. So then, of course, Leia's rebellious streak gets her in trouble. She gets kidnapped. And then Bail Organa calls one person to save his daughter, Princess Leia. And he calls up Obi-Wan Kenobi, his old friend from the war. So this is not the first time that that mission to Alderaan was not the first time that the Organas had called on old Obi-Wan Kenobi. I like that because it really establishes the bond between Clone War survivors and allies, friends, etc. And then it kind of intensifies that whole, when Alderaan gets blown up, it's like, oh, so many people died. But my boy, one of my few friends is also dead. It's crazy. I've lost everyone now. And it kind of, if you look at it deeper, it really explains why Obi-Wan literally gives up the Force ghost. Because, like, dude, I ain't got nothing left. Everything I care about is gone. And I can be a Force ghost and, and chill and do whatever. Well, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I found something interesting. Wait, I'll, I'll talk about it later. I'm okay. not going to spoil it. But it's very much like, because I, I, I have not watched uh, New Hope in a second, but it's like, you almost want to parse that message that Leia gives to Ben a little. I mean, me, it's like, wait, Obi-Wan, you, you know, years ago, you served my father in the Clone Wars. You're like, wait a minute, did he kind of hit this? Like, he hadn't asked for your help again. He's like, he's asking for your help again because he's like, I know that. Remember that time I asked you to get Leia? I kind of need your help a whole lot bigger <laughs> this time. Like, after Rogue One, we really need your help because we got a chance now. Yeah, it's it's open. Now, there was one thing that I thought was really interesting. I wish I'd written down the name or taken a screenshot, but somebody on Twitter posted. The one thing I really love about Obi-Wan Kenobi is it gives Leia some reason to call her son Ben beside the guy who mentored her brother that she didn't know. I'm like, okay, if, you, if you're into the sequel trilogy, that's a nice link and connection for you. So I thought that actually was pretty cool. That is smart. Yeah. Because right? it's like it would not have made sense. I mean, that helps lay the foundation for that because it's like this isn't just... Ben, oh, that was your, his nickname for a guy I met for like five <laughs> seconds. Right. <laughs> Who is this old dude? Yeah, I heard about him from my dad, but he didn't call him Ben. So I like that. Um, so then Obi-Wan decides, all right, I'm going to do this thing. And I love that he doesn't really want to do it. He is very reluctant. I'm not the same dude I was 10 years ago. It's... You know, I think we get this whole deal where people are like, oh, man, the hero's always supposed to be the hero. Uh, Deborah Chow in an interview mentioned that Obi-Wan Kenobi has a lot in common with Logan. When I saw that headline, I was like, oh, no, please no. But it really is true. But the execution to me is a lot better. And we have this hero who does not want any parts of being a hero anymore. He's suffered great loss, great tragedy. And doesn't feel the need to go put himself in this position of getting hurt again. And I think that makes him a lot more human than just, hey, yeah, I'm just going to do the thing, whatever. I'm a hero. That's what I do. I love that conflict because we always talk so much about the conflict. That sense of conflict within you. Obi-Wan has no conflict. He's like, heck no, I'm not doing this. I'm no hero. I mean, think, yeah, because you think about it, like, every, every, like, you look at, like a lot of movies like you look at uh, like any Rambo 
after he's done wraps up the mission, it's always, I don't want to go. I'm good. Like, I, I did everything. And then something draws him back. And then it's like another one while you were talking. I was like, man, one of the best examples of that was like Ripley from Aliens. She's like, I'm good. Y'all, y'all <laughs> made that call. I didn't separate these kids. I said I got this one thing I'm going to do. And I'm doing that. But then he's like, okay, fine, I'll go do it. <laughs> I feel like I could do a whole episode with you about why Ripley is one of the greatest movie characters or heroes ever. Without I'm, much I'm work. Just, I could just I'm, basically I'm, do it off Aliens. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to disagree with you because I wouldn't need to be on that episode because I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> so great, though. All right, so enough of Ripley. But, yeah, I just love the fact that he was very reluctant. So he comes out, he tracks her down. But Kamal Ninjani from Eternals was playing this fake Jedi. And I'm like, this dude is playing the most dangerous, riskiest game in the galaxy. We got folks with lightsabers killing people who are who are legit Jedi. He's like, I'm a Jedi. And he's like running a, hus- a Jedi hustle. It was so, I don't know, man. I, I love that whole deal because sometimes we get so focused on being serious but Star Wars have funny moments and he was really funny with his character like when his little his assistant came through was like here's him was like oh that's really embarrassing <laughs> I love that part I think again one of the things that other fan fiction movies lacked was the humor of Star Wars it's like that was a big thing it's like you can't just shoehorn the droids and try and make them the comedy. It's like you gotta you, you use some other people and actually do it. And I think they they that uh, was it. Episode one was like when he, he was just oh I'm so serious like oh just just a just a few credits right. I am convinced. And I was like dude this is this is good stuff. And then when Obi Wan actually gets gets up with Leia again. And then he offers to help for real this time. And he goes, there are people who do care, Obi-Wan. It's like, man, Obi-Wan is like a legendary figure who wants no part of being a legend. And but people are holding him up in super high esteem. Like, nah, Obi-Wan's still out there. Maybe he can turn the tide. I mean, he's no Optimus Prime, but maybe he can turn the tide. Well, I mean, let's I mean. It's probably as much as people in that galaxy didn't hear about Jedi. It's like, he was one of the council members, and they probably saw him actually doing stuff. Like, hey, he was being heroic. And then you kind of peep, wait, the Empire says they're all bad. But I really remember this story that I heard about this one guy who actually was looking out for people. Shoot, during the Clone Wars, he was all over. So he he may have been at different planets saving and rescuing people leading the charge and being a superhero legendary Jedi. So between him and Anakin, and as far as everybody knows, Anakin's dead. And But Obi-Wan's still around. And maybe Obi-Wan can help save us. Maybe. So he's like the 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 great whale for everybody out there. Yeah, it's, um, I, I know I messed with the fan fiction movies again. But it was almost like, remember that scene in uh, the casino where the guy turns on him for no reason? This was the exact opposite. It's like, actually, yeah, I was a hustle, but I actually wanted to. It's like, I don't need to screw everybody over. There's, you know, 
this, you know, there's no, there, there's grays, but my gray isn't that shape. His that gray was, was interesting also because he was legit helping the lady and her force sensitive son get out of the planet because the Inquisitors are there looking for Obi-Wan. But just the the normal day-to-day of, hey, the Empire could be coming after your son. So I really like that. I like the fact that when he's fighting the bounty hunters on the rooftop, his immediate reaction isn't, it's, I'm using this blaster. I have no confidence in my lightsaber skills anymore. I don't want to draw any attention to myself. I'm just going to do a shootout like everybody else. And when you go from the Obi-Wan who used the gun, and I wrote this in my review, you can see how far away he's gotten from the Force. When he was hanging from a ledge with basically one elbow, and he's able to shoot General Grievous dead on from a huge distance, but can't shoot any of these cats on the rooftop, even though they're clearly making themselves obvious targets, because he's so way off from the Force. Like, his Force alignment is broken. He can't focus, and he's just like, randomly shooting a blaster like anyone else would so i thought that was really interesting and then when leia falls off the building he's like oh oh the force right i do remember the feel the touch how to use it and barely control it because i feel like young obi-wan would have been bringing her up to the rooftop with them older obi-wan is just like eh, i can stop her from falling and lower down yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can stop people from dying but couldn't learn that from a Jedi. All right, but so that was really cool, and I love their interaction. And and Leia's like, you know something, and you're not telling me. I felt her running off from him wasn't really shady. I thought that was, and I know I was reading comments, and people were like, that's so ridiculous. Obi Wan can't keep up with a ten year old. Uh, yeah, you try to keep up with a ten year old running around on you, and you're in your forties, and you have done zero cardio, but do this to meet for ten years. And it's always, I always mess, like, I always laugh when these people say, oh, that's not believable. It's like, you don't have any experience on that, do you? Because it's, it's so easy to say, like, oh, how can you not keep up with a five-year-old? You ever see that little commercial where the kid takes the phone and just is running all around? Same concept. But this is actually someone who knows what they're doing. Right. Yeah, you're not catching them unless they run out of energy. It's See, like, good luck with that. It's going to take a lot of work. It's yeah. not... Oh, how, how, I mean, like when people were talking about the chase scene, like how did how did uh, Leia avoid the how did the captors not be able to get her? So like, if they didn't actually plan on like just putting a bag over her, exactly. In a place she actually knows, yeah, yeah. Like you're not just jumping over trees against a kid who actually knows where the trees are. Right. Like, you have to outthink a ten year old. You can't just chase after him blindly, expecting to catch him. So I really like that. And I thought that was cool. And then she eventually was like, you are a Jedi. Okay, I'm with you. And that was nice to see. But then the end of the second episode, <laughs> Reva is like, I'm staking my claim on everything. She kills the Grand Inquisitor. And I was like, yeah, that dude looked like a goofball anyway. Who cares about him? Reva's intense. We're going to talk about this later. But I like the fact that Reva is an unapologetic character where they're like, they're not trying to soften Reva just to be like, well, we know people aren't going to like her, so let's let's try to make her like. Well, they're like, nah, dude, we're just going to go hard with Reva. She's going to go out there and just be mad and the whole works. And so she is gunning for Obi-Wan. We still don't know why yet. But she's stalking him 
Return of the Jedi style. Obi-Wan is trying to hide and be very still and quiet. And she's like, he's still alive. And you can just, you can see the dread in Obi-Wan continuing him out like, wait, 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 what? And she goes, Anakin's still alive. He's like, no, 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 no. No, he burned. I watched him die. And so then he doesn't have to do this big escape. He just runs because he's still like, I don't want any parts of this. And now you have messed with my emotions on a serious level. Because I've been carrying this guilt for 10 years and I feel terrible and awful about it. And you're telling me he's still alive, which means I didn't even do what I was supposed to do? Ugh. Also aggravates the fact it's like, I, again, when Yoda said we failed, we failed. It wasn't just like a, what I oh, think half and half. It's like we oh shoot, yeah. like we didn't stop this. It was a flawless fail. Yeah, it's like yeah, this is over too. Over, right. over. So less. So then, Obi Wan is like, oh, he's on the cargo ship with Leia, trying to make thing make sense of things, and he just goes Anakin, and then they cut horror movie style, eyes opening. And whatever this new back to tank Vader's in, it's like, oh shoot! And I'm like, oh, this I know this has to be the end of the episode. And then when the credits ran, I said, ah, I'm not mad at you guys. Yeah. Fortunately, this, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say this is one of those. I'm glad for a week because if you don't press tell me to stop, I would have just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> I needed that. Okay, let this cliffhanger hang. And it was like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, like that was very much. I I needed that because I was like. Yeah. Nope. Next episode, please. So we don't have to wait too long for the next episode. Came out uh, yesterday or today as we were recording this. For me, it was late last night. But, oh, you know, I was kind of thinking, all right, it's six episodes. We're probably going to see this Obi-Wan Vader confrontation face off in episode six. Five. Yeah, maybe. You know, it's just like way on the end. Nope. Nope. So I loved how they crash land on this, or they crash, they land on this planet and they meet this friendly alien who's a Imperial sympathizer. And then they find, and he's so, Zach Braff's doing the voice, so it's got this friendly, good natured, hey guys, how's it going? And that was Seth Rogen, that that makes sense, like that's Zach, yeah. Yeah. And. There's this tension because stormtroopers get on his transport and Obi-Wan's like, uh, I need to figure out how to get out of this now. What am I going to do? Stormtroopers bounce out. But I love the moment where he said how Leia reminded him so much of her mother. And she picked up that he was he actually knew Padme too. And I love the extra mention that, yeah, I don't really remember my family much. I remember my dad's hands, my mom's smell. I do remember I had a brother. And it's like, oh, that's such a cool, different layer. He missed, he really misses and wishes he had that opportunity to connect with his younger brother. But in Anakin, he had that, which now makes that loss of Anakin even more pronounced because he was able to replace something that he was lost, that he'd lost from his childhood. But now with Anakin dead, now he learns Anakin is actually still alive. It's so much worse. I also liked how, like, kind of, like, when he was telling his story, he was it was basically, like, also, like, kind of, like, a callback to Return of the Jedi when Leia is actually talking about, I remember my mother. It's basically, like, 
that's how you remember your mother. It's not you actually met her. You remember just the way I remember my brother and family. I think these things. I feel the emotions. But I'm not sure. But I think that's her echo of the force. Like real low line. And she has flashbacks and memories of a mother that she never saw outside of crying as a baby for a hot Nobody told you anything. There's 100% certain no one told you about Padme. Right. Yeah. Because Bale was not. Let me tell you about your mom. So that was cool. And then the alien does turn on him, sets him up. But then Tala saves them. I really like that. That was great. And then they're working, trying to get on to the Jedi Underground Railroad, basically, and get to safety. Get a Quinlan Voss shout-out reference there. I was like, I know that guy. Um, that was cool. Reva had her pep talk with Vader. And, oh, man, hearing James Earl Jones doing the voice of Darth Vader in, in the year of our Lord 2022 so cool and I felt like they did some alteration with his voice to make it sound more old school Vader nah I think it's still like Rogue One his voice is not as strong as it used to be but it's it's like again he can still deliver the lines and they're just not like doing the sound mixing probably to pump up the stuff I don't know it felt stronger to me than it did in Rogue One it it sounded more like Vader Vader hmm can always say i mean hey the funny thing is with vader's different voice you can always just say it's a helmet i mean a helmet or a voice thing when he puts it in yeah you can always it's vader that's the it didn't seem like i was gonna say like you know in rebels but i'm like yeah he did the voice in rebels (laughs) it's like vader Vader has been dark vader's always been i think think they just need to have james earl jones just sit for like three days and record any kind of word combinations for Vader. So even when he's no longer with us, we can still have him just be the voice for eternity of Darth Vader. But that was great. And then we actually got to see him coming down to the planet and he is in Rogue One. I'm pissed off mode. And oh my gosh, he was so mean. Just breaking necks like he's part of the Wu-Tang Clan. And it was like, dude, he is so mean. And I feel like somewhere over the years, Vader, his edge was softened a bit. But between this and Rogue One, it was, oh, man, he is so... I think what happened, Palpatine, Palpatine, Palpatine became such a great villain that it was like, well, he was the one really doing it. And we kind of forgot that Vader was... The fist and the real dreaded threat of the Empire that has everyone shook. And, oh gosh, please don't. Like, oh boy, the em- at, at, at that table, the Emperor, Imperial meeting table. He's like, you want to mouth off at me? Gotcha. Here's your neck. And we just see more examples of how quick-tempered he is. How he has no patience. And he's like, I don't care, I'm a Sith. I'm going all the way in. Yeah. Like, the stuff he wouldn't do as a Jedi, he's now like, nope, I have my, my, my mission is to find Kenobi. So I'm just breaking next. I'm, I mean, it was like, when he dragged a person down the street, he was just like, I know you're going to care. And I'm just going to do every wicked thing possible. Like, oh, it's a family and a kid. Break them out of their window. Right. Like, oh, I'm just snap, 
snap neck, might even take the mom's neck out, not choke, force choke her. It's like, oh, this dude yeah. is. I mean, he's, he's definitely like, I am the day to day evil that nobody actually thinks of, like Palpatine. I'm the one who enforces Palpatine's evil wishes. And he was just brutal. It was just like, oh, man, it this is cruel. If you, thought, if you thought he was soft, it was funny. I was I was worried. I'm like, I hope they don't make Vader kind of trying to be this redeemable dude. Oh no no no! No worries of this that. This evil. Yeah, and then Obi Wan's like, "Well, I, I've got to stop this from happening." So he runs off into like a little field area where there's a bunch of parts and metal works, and he's like, "I gotta hold him off." And then when Obi Wan's walking. And, you know, like, when you're watching a horror movie sometimes and you kind of, like, your body tenses up because it's like, I think this is where the jump scare is about to happen. And then the jump scare happens and you're still like, whoa, okay. I mean, I knew it was coming, but woo, it still got me. That was how it was when that red lightsaber lit up. I was like, oh, shoot. It was so funny, well done. And the funny thing is, now we are trained when that red lightsaber of Vader comes out, it's game. It was like it was very much like Rogue One. Like, oh shoot, you yeah. dead? Sorry. Yeah, dude. I mean, the only reason that I knew he wasn't dead was because of Star Wars. But beyond that, I was like, oh my goodness. And Vader, I mean, he was talking so much trash. It was like, what have you become? You should have killed me. Oh man, like, I, I am what you made me. Yeah, like. like just gut punching, like hard emotional gut punches. And in a fight, I mean, I got size when Obi-Wan lit his lightsaber because, man, this is such a dark setting. I love that with the with the lightsabers, with the red and the blues, when, when it's basically you see the people from the lighting of the lightsaber. And Obi-Wan's like, yeah, I don't want this right now. And then he still <laughs> tries him down and gets ahead of him again. And... And this, this is the cruelness of Vader and how he doesn't play fair at all. I just thought when he started shifting stuff, he was going to do that Empire trick of just throwing stuff at loot. No, oh, he just lit stuff on fire, force grabbed Obi-Wan, and then dragged him through the fire. Like, yeah. How do you think that feels? Is it good? It was very much like... like it was Vader playing with his food. He was like, oh, no, no, no. I have been suffering through this for 10 years. Oh, I got you. Oh, Reva, you're going to get a promotion just for letting me do this for a couple minutes. Oh, heck yeah. Like, I'm torturing the heck out of this dude as long as possible. Like, oh, I could kill him in one stroke. But why would I do that? Oh, it's like, man. Yeah, it was. Like, Obi-Wan had no answer on that first duel, which was so good. Because I think that helps inform their next, well, maybe not next. Maybe they have another fight ahead of us. But it informs a New Hope one where he's not trying to flip around and do all the stuff he used to do. He's just like, I'm keeping you right in front of me. I'm keeping a strong, steady base in front of you because I need to stay close to you because you're going to cheat and do force stuff. If I stay right up on you. Worst person. Yeah, he was Dude, I was like, dude, come on, man. I got all my toys. I still have all my toys. Even though I don't have limbs, I got all the toys still. <laughs> like, oh, man. You got nothing, old man. Yeah. Like, your powers have grown weak, old man. Yeah. It's like, like, you're being so mean, Darth. He didn't mean it. <laughs> he was just trying to save Padme. 
But yeah, so Talus saved him, and we got another kind of uh, Empire shot where he's just looking through the fire like, I got you next time, sucker. And whoo, man, just, just. I'm, I'm very much enjoying that. Like the, that, that, like that duel was like very much like, yeah, you're gonna, he's gonna come from that Obi Wan to the dude who just takes out Maul in one hit. He's like, I'm a little samurai joint. I'm, I, I'm back, and it's, right. and it's like you're gonna see that him getting back to that level because we got three more episodes. Yes, so you know do. that's not Vader and and Obi Wan. It's gonna be like Vader's gonna probably hit the standstill like. I get you next time, old man. I got I ain't got time to keep running after you. You you were gonna be a problem, so I'll just yeah. let you die off. I'm yeah. not I'm not putting this much energy in you. You that dude? Nah, I'm not doing that again. Yeah, I am. Yeah, after the first episode, I was like, yeah, six episodes is not enough. After this episode, I'm like, yeah, maybe two seasons isn't enough. Maybe we need three and four. <laughs> Because I feel like there's so much more. There's so many characters that he can interact with. Maybe before he dies, he interacts with Ahsoka. That would be really cool to see. Because they had a tight bond. And for all accounts, there's no reason to suspect that they couldn't have connected during this time period. And I mean, only reason, only only thing that probably makes that like possibly not is Anakin would sense the two of them together. Okay. That would be the only thing that kind of is like once you got two. Well, I feel like, well, you know, he wasn't after Ahsoka like that. He wasn't trying to hunt her down until Rebels. But he thinks, again, he thinks Ahsoka's dead. Yeah. His, so. his, until, until Rebels, he thinks she's dead as much as she thinks he's dead. Yeah. Like, until then, it's, uh, well, you know, because remember, he, the last time he thinks about Ahsoka is he sees the lightsabers in the field and he's like, well, I'm I'm I, I'm killing everybody now. There's nobody I mess with left. Spoilers. The one dude I do put me in this daggone suit, so yeah. I'm killing him as soon as I see him. Yeah, so I I I can't say how much more I enjoy this show. It was really good. It made me decide I don't need to watch the Flash this week or right now because I'm just on an Obi Wan Kenobi high, and I'm okay with that. Alright, but it's eventually at some point I'm going to have to. I started or continuing with Stranger Things Season 4. So far, so good on that. I really miss when Lucas, a black guy, actually had storylines where, you know, stuff was going on with him. But man, Mike is a terrible, awful friend. I'm not spoiling anything. I if you've watched any season of, of Stranger Things, you know Mike's a crap friend. He's awful. <laughs> he, he's like that friend that met a girl in tra- changed everything everything about himself sorry guys i'm good (laughs) yes i I just i'm honestly i'm watching season i i'm in episode four season three yeah he's very much like uh what's your what are you guys name i forgot he's (laughs) trash ah gosh he's just the worst it's a very interesting call of stranger things writers the duffy brothers and directors to make the uh the main character such a douchebag but they did it so the boys season three starts on friday so lots of stuff happening this is like the culmination of geek summer right now obi-wan stranger things the boys i don't know what we're gonna do in the actual summertime i guess we're gonna watch miss marvel which starts next week so lots of stuff coming wait what yeah 
Why is that starting next week? Yeah, yeah. June eighth. Yeah. yeah. There's no one. There's no one calling me. Like now. Nah, I was just checking the calendar to make sure I had the date right. But yeah. Oh. Okay. Lot, lots of yeah, stuff. I, that's 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 a stretch it out till summertime, like after the Kenobi High is gone. Because <laughs> I need. I mean, again, Disney, y'all have done an excellent job of making sure I I tune in every week. I you know. Yeah. All right. Well, it's, it's that time now, and. You and I both have a very clear, obvious dummy of the week this week. It was ridiculous because and normally I let you go first, but I'm just going to set the stage and let you go. So even before Obi-Wan Kenobi aired, Moses Ingram said that Star Wars producers, etc. kind of gave her a heads up. You're probably going to get some messages from racist people. And I'm not going to say fans because eh, they just happen to like parts of Star Wars and I really don't understand how you can be into Star Wars at all and then be like oh I don't like this black person I don't like this Asian person I don't like this girl because she's a girl with a lightsaber it's like there's zero parts I mean there's so many things if you wanted to be super I'm in my bubble and I wanted to just be the way it was the way when you know Star Wars has never been that so it's just dumb to be yeah, yeah, we can't have diversity in Star Wars. I will argue that I don't want any diversity in the Empire. That's terrible because, you know, let them be the standing Nazis. But everything else, Rebellion, chock full of diversity. And I was kind of like, oh, man, we got a character here. And she's another Imperial officer. Why is she? And then it's like, ah, great. It's a, it's a fake out. That works. But, yeah, Moses Ingram got hit with a lot of well, maybe I shouldn't say a lot of, but she got enough racist comments from people over the weekend um, that have zero to do with her character, but just, hey, you're black and you're a woman. I don't want you in my Star Wars. And StarWars.com posted a message saying, get yourselves over it. And Ewan McGregor, he went and was like, listen, I'm an executive producer on this show. If you're harassing her, you're no fan of Star Wars. We don't want you, basically. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, Ewan. Um, but yeah, that's stolen your thunder somewhat. But why are they your dummies of the week? Okay. my my They're 100% my dummy of the week. Because it's like, y'all y'all don't get it. I mean, it's, it's, it's like y'all some fake me out Star Wars fan. But you, don't, you never understood it. And it shows on like that the fact you would be actually leaving messages for an actor who's playing a role to like oh I don't need oh all the racist all the racist crap. It's just like y'all didn't get enough of us in like Kelly Marie Tran. Which hey, I will give Star Wars credit; they learned one hundred percent. Like nope, we are not gonna a keep you insulated. We're gonna tell you hey, this is coming your way, and we got your back. And if we can anything, we can. It, out, outward facing to get your back, we will do it. I mean, like, and then Ewan McGregor, like, he his like messages, like you can see his dudes in his car, like, oh, I got this call. Let me handle this one. Like, I'll put the, I'll put the tweet out. I'll put it, I'll put it on Instagram. That's what actually made me follow him. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. I'm like, that's the kind of stuff. He's like, hey, I'm. We need to protect folks for just doing roles and against these idiots with these keyboards who have nothing better to do with their lives and. That's just all that. I mean, it's like, you, do you think, oh, I don't like Star Wars? Like, a whole show, a whole rebellion with black people, aliens, 
and good people, and yet you don't like a black character, an Asian character, or a, a black dude. You're an idiot. So you you 100% can get my dummy of the week. Yeah. And probably for the rest until until you stop wasting your time, you know, on your on on your keyboard in your basement. Y'all are gonna always have a honorable mention as my dummy of the week. Yeah, I mean it can be their office building's keyboard. It doesn't have to be their mom's basement keyboard. It can be wherever. It can be their phone or whatever. Wherever you're doing that stuff, you suck. And I was really happy to see how excited and happy Kelly Marie Tran was at Star Wars Celebration where she was among actual Star Wars fans who were excited to see her. Um, I thought Rose was one of the better characters in the sequel trilogy. <laughs> she had a storyline until they cut it in the third movie. Yeah, that, like, not, that was I, the worst I thing. Promise, like, oh. I promise I won't get into the sequel trilogy and all of its problems. But I was really happy to see that she was excited to be there and not so turned off by a percentage of people who claim to be fans but aren't. And their boldness on their tablets, computers, whatever. But yeah, man, I'm so excited about all the stuff we've got going on this next week. We're going to talk boys. We're going to talk Stranger Things. And of course, another episode of Kenobi. Thank you as always, little brother. Thank y'all out there for watching and listening. This episode of Lyle's Movie Files has been filed.